Hello and welcome back to the Rafaz Comedy Podcast. I'm Sarah Bridgman and this is season, or should we call it series two, episode two. And today's episode is going to be about wellness and mental health. Yeah, this is going to be a little bit of a different one than we usually have. It's normally very practical and about, you know, how to get better at comedy. But this week, um, I, I planned to do one about mental health because when I started, I know I got very, um, over, gradually over time, I would say, over the first year, I, I noticed I was getting more and more like keen to do comedy. Uh, I, I loved it, absolutely loved it. And I know that I made probably some, when you think of life, some bad choices. <laughs> like uh, my local comedy club, you know, it was weekly, it was on a Tuesday, it would start at 9pm. I'd be getting home later and later, like midnight, one in the morning, two in the morning, and having a great time. Uh, it was really nice to see people, you know, it felt like a club. But then the next day, you know, I, I live in Swansea, uh, work in, worked in Cardiff at the time, which meant it was an hour and a half commute. So getting home at one or two in the morning and then getting up again at um, five or six was not a good look. Um, and I probably, you know, I mean, the job I was in at the time, I found um, very easy to do. It was a lot of sitting around. There wasn't much actual work going on with that contract. But... <laughs> probably you know didn't put my all in at the time you know so now I'm much more careful with you know gigs that I'll take if um but it's taken me years to to do that you know I will be like if I'm trying going to Cornwall for a gig I will make sure I've got the day off the next day I won't you know in the past I would have got home at four in the morning and gone I I can do it it's just gonna be coffee (laughs) me and coffee today come on and white knuckle it but I just can't do it and I don't think we should I think that's you know you've got to look after yourself really because uh, as we discussed in the episode stuff like you know lack of sleep it's very tiring um to you know you're full of adrenaline um and you can do it in the beginning, but then in time, it becomes really tough. And it's not the only way to do it either, to just go off and perform everywhere. The writing side of things is really important too. So this week, there won't be much of me up front. I had a good chat with local act Sharni Thomas about the mental health and wellness. As part of her job, she signposts to other, other people. She recommends Mind, the charity, for anyone that would like some more information and help. She says that's a good place to start. But I think really because of the nature of what we talk about, here are some trigger warnings. So we do talk about depression, bullying and suicide. We need So basically, we do need to make sure we're looking after ourselves. The adrenaline rush can be very addictive. And I know over the years, people, myself included, as I've just discussed, make very poor choices. And they also think, oh, this is it now. Comedy is going to be my life. Um you know, it's not always going to work out. You could absolutely work your ass off and still not get anywhere, you know. So you need to have a really good think about if you're, you know, you've done a few gigs and like, right, this is it now. This is how I want my life to be. You know, look at all of it. Look at, okay, best case scenario, fab. What's what's the best you're hoping for? What's the worst you're hoping for? And at what point are you going to go, you know what, I'm just going to treat this now. A nice hobby that's what I'd re- recommend is to look at all the options and make a decision before you ruin your life <laughs> have you your partner leave you <laughs> I'm not saying that's what's happened to me but yeah you, you've got to be careful with it okay so Sean and I we have a good chat we discussed how she has managed comedy and a safe and healthy life so that you know she can perform and she you know writes a lot and she gets out there but is also able to manage her life as well. It's an interesting chat, and I really hope you enjoy it. Right. Hello. Hello. I'm sitting closer now. Awesome. <laughs> and we're speaking up. Sorry, Dan. Dan will do some amazing stuff anyway. Okay. So I'm sure Thank we'll, you, Dan. he will um, try and make this sound louder <laughs> than, than it is. So I'll be good. Great. Hello, and I'm talking to Shani Thomas. Hello. Hey. I think of you as the queen of meme. Oh, thank you. <laughs> That's why I do it. Approval. Yeah. <laughs> Validation. Oh, God, yeah. Hell of a drug. 
But it is really good. I really, I genuinely really love, I love seeing them because I think, oh, they're always really positive and they make me laugh and they make me think sometimes of of things, um, which is really descriptive, isn't it? But but yeah, they're brilliant. So thank you for doing them. It's okay. I don't mind. Sometimes I'll... I'll put uh, a lot of funny memes together, but then chuck one about self-care in the middle just to, just to attack you. Yeah. If you wanted funny things, you didn't want to reflect on yourself, but <laughs> I made you. Because uh, it made me reflect on myself, so you get to do it now. But they're always, like, really gentle and yeah. can't pour from an empty cup type sentiments. So Thank Yeah, you. but they're really nice. And, um, you know, it's been quite often I've had a tough day. I come out, I try to stay off social media sometimes mm. if I possibly can. Um, because as we all know, it it can be a positive place, but it can be really negative yeah. as well. And um, I find myself, like lots of people, I'm sure, comparing myself to other people, yeah. and especially in the comedy world. And uh, and it can be really, it can get you down a bit. Yeah. So I try to stay away from it. I mm-hmm. try not to look at, and also I'm like, have you noticed? Like people will tell you stuff. On so they think right. I've told everyone now because it's on social media. Yeah, and then you meet them and you have a conversation with them as if you know stuff already. Yeah, we'll post, I put it on Facebook and I'm like, <laughs> how am I? So- you don't come up on my Facebook. <laughs> anyway. It is, isn't it? It's just a really like Facebook will give you then out of your friends list a pool of like. 30 40 people yeah and you end up only seeing each other's posts and then it just it kind of stays that way and it's kind of hard to get out of yeah so yeah hmm. yes <laughs> so i just keep getting the same people it's really nice actually but um yeah so i don't necessarily see a lot of comedians anymore yeah but um which is quite nice because on is nothing more frustrating than a sunday morning all you're seeing is like smashed it making a giggle last night I'm like I'm gigged in in three weeks thank you very much guys you know (laughs) I did the classic thing when I started uh, just three years ago in May yeah where I thought I'll add lots of comedians as friends oh look he he has his profile picture with a microphone or she has uh, her profile picture with a microphone if I add all these comedians they'll offer me gigs and so I ended up with like 1800 friends or something like that yeah and I thought Okay, that obviously didn't work, and um, I don't know these people, and um, it was when I, um, I got ill last summer, and I thought, do I want these people knowing my business? So yeah. I kept everyone uh, of the comedians that I happened to have made, like, internet friends with, so to speak. Yeah. Um, but then I deleted everyone else, and now I'm, like, it's nothing. I'm nothing. Oh, well done. So, yeah, it's good, because of the comparison poison yes yeah. one of the reasons i want to talk to you today is because and i might have got this completely wrong we might chat and you might go uh i don't know where you got that from sir <laughs> are you you'd be crazy <laughs> but i think i know that you're um through you know through the memes and mm. stuff on facebook i know and and from stuff you told me i know you're interested in mental health yeah yeah am i right in thinking mental health is part of your job um it's not but it's related to right. my job. So okay, cool. I work in a university. Other universities are available <laughs> um, in uh, support uh, services. And I manage the right. receptionist there. And I and that reception is responsible for lots of support areas, including um, one for giving practical advice to students on right. uh, welfare topics like loneliness, homesickness, things like that. Right. Um, my mental health um, like advocacy and... Um, all that comes from my comedy and um, that sesh video I did. Um, yeah. Just wanting to take my own experience and try and make sure it doesn't happen to anyone else, which is impossible, but that's why people yeah. do what they do, isn't right. it? Right. When something happens and you think, oh, God. Yes. I, I, I could have done with someone telling me before yes. that happened, hey, I've been through this and here's how to handle it. Yes. So that's, that's, what, that's what you, maybe that's what you're remembering, is all that. All that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Because, and I think it's very apt that we're recording this right now because very, very sadly, this really upset me on the weekend. Yeah. Caroline Flack. Yeah. Who, uh, if you don't know who she is, you know, uh, she is a presenter of Love Island, Mm -hmm. but amongst other things, I mean, obviously looking at a lot of her stuff, 
she she took her own life. Yeah. Which um, I was very sad about because I really like watching Love Island. Yeah. And also, she's, I, like, I remember seeing her on Strictly and thinking, you know, she seems like a really nice person. And that's why I liked her. Who mm. knows? She, she could have been awful off stage. Who knows? Because we meet people yeah, all the time who are lovely, you know, public person. But she seemed like a really nice mm. person. Mm. And also, even if someone is, is awful, you don't want them no. like, having gone through that pain. Mm. So I feel really sad about that. Mm. Um but also, so I think, oh, Ashley is quite apt that, mm. that we're doing this yeah. because, um, and it's interesting as well, saying the word wellness, because I was thinking mental health, but I think possibly I mean more wellness because it's not just about your brain isn't in a jar, is it? Oh. You, you know, it's part of your body yeah. as well. <laughs> anyway. Science. Um, <laughs> hey, girls. Hey, <laughs> hey kids. Do you some science? I got yeah. you. <laughs> so, Sharni, let's kick off. Would you like to tell us a little bit about your comedy career. How did you get into doing comedy? Sure thing, sure thing. So I started seeing a personal trainer, not uh, romantically, and um, I was seeing him for a year, uh, twice a week, and he told me, like, Shani, you're so funny, you should be a stand-up comedian. And I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And by by which point in my life, I, I started thinking, because, oh, bless, my self-esteem wasn't great, and I just thought people were laughing to be polite because I'm quite exhausted and I'm always showing off, always trying to make people laugh. And I, I'd really got to the point in my life where I thought people are just laughing to get me to stop. Right. <laughs> um, so he was saying it, and then my uh, my boss's boss was saying it at work, like, oh, you should be a stand-up comedian. So I thought, oh, okay, well, I'll just try that then. I'll just do that once and then see how that goes, and I'm sure that people are lying to me. And, um, well, I've, I can just say I've done it then. And it was mainly, by the time it was nearly time to do the comedy, I'm being very honest, and I know I know we all have got the same egos. I just thought, wouldn't it be cool to say I tried stand-up comedy once? And that was it. And I thought, here we go then. There we are, nice anecdote done. Yeah. And so I did it, and, and people laughed. And I thought, ooh, and the adrenaline <laughs> was, like, bonkers absolutely bonkers and um that was it then i was absolutely hooked yeah yeah and i was um relate stand up oh and by the way i won't verbally say yeah right yeah yeah of course yeah i'm nodding like a crazy person okay, no because when i've listened back it annoys me that i've like i was listening to zach's one recently and i was like going, yeah oh yeah absolutely <laughs> and, and i was like that's driving me insane <laughs> if i was a listener now i'd be like shut up <laughs> so I'm do I'll be doing a lot of thumbs up. Oh. Okay, <laughs> but um, yeah, um, it is like a drug because uh, you're getting all this adrenaline mm. shot through your system. Mm. Um, and when I started doing stand up, yeah, I mean that's what hooks you in, and you see other people. And I almost feel bad in a way that I do refer because I'm like, oh god, how many more people are gonna get hooked into this? <laughs> like you know. But I don't know if that's just like an a performance thing, really performance yeah. thing. Yeah. Oh, that's it. That's good though. Lots of people say, "Oh, you should do stand up." I had one person on one occasion tell me, and I'm like, "Oh, I'm doing it." <laughs> <laughs> so I kind of know what you mean. Otherwise, I, I was just annoying. Um, but yeah. Um, so, uh, what point did I like? What I found interesting. We, you know, we've we've done a few car journeys together, yeah. <laughs> and I, I remember you saying to me. Right, I'm I'm trying to only do like one gig a month. Yeah, and uh, I was like, oh, and I remember thinking, oh my god, you're so that's really good and mm. you really put together. Because I give you tell you my experience, uh, and it's the same now. Is and I and I hear a lot of stand ups um, saying the same thing to me, where they're like, I've got to get. It's almost like a desperation. Mm. You, I've got to get as many gigs as I possibly yeah. can. And you sometimes, because of that adrenaline of the induction, you don't think in terms of, but should I? Is is this going to help me? Yeah. Am I going to be a better comedian, better performer? Because I think an awful lot of comedy is writing comedy. It's not, you know, performance is important, but, um, you know, so are the actual jokes. Mm. And uh, and I found early jobs, because I've been doing it um, t 11 years. I'm in my 11th year now. And quite often I would, I'd be like, I wouldn't think about things like, oh, I'm not going to get in till 4 a.m. Yeah. And I have to get up at 6 a.m. because I work in Cardiff. Yeah, yeah. And and being knackered, first few years, being absolutely shattered, like grey under my eyes and taking photos because I was like, oh, my God, look at the state of me. Mm. I think I aged 10 years yeah. in 10 months 
pre and it wouldn't have occurred to, to me to not not do that as I loved it so much. Yeah. But um yeah, no, I was just like, Oh my god, that's that's really good. So um yeah, would you like to tell us a little bit about that and the, the yeah. decision you yeah, made of course. that? I um yeah, I got so I started doing comedy to um you know, you know why I started, just mm. wanted to try it. But I thought that it would be cool to talk about things like Crohn's um, and where I'm from and, and things like that and like you know make people aware that invisible conditions um, exist so first of all it was all about that and I thought oh, this is cool because I'm telling people about Crohn's and then it got about as people were talking to me it got about doing as many gigs as, as I can and I thought okay well I can't afford to do 10 a month so I'll do like one one a week so mm. I did that for a little while and and then the next thing on my mind was getting a 10 because I was doing a 5 so I was getting my 10 and then for the last um, 18 months, so until about six months ago, a year before that, it was then trying to build up material to get like a bulletproof 20, mm. to then get that on video, to then apply for the Glee middle spot, mm. to then get a, a Glee paid spot or get even better video footage, apply for all these further away gigs. Um and I thought, oh, you know, and if I make it, I could, I could be on, like, panel shows and stuff. Oh, my God. So I need to do all this. And I was in my overdraft every month and, like, deep mm. in, into it. And I was exhausted. My boss took me to one side, asked me if I was okay. I said, I'm just really tired. And he was like, why? I said, I've done, like, three gigs in a row this week. And he's looking at me, like... Yeah. And I'm like... And, and fair play, he... It was very mainly concern. And I, I thought, what am I doing? I'm jeopardizing my day job. I love my day job. Mm. So I just decided uh, to to calm the heck down. And I tried to do now um, one a month. I took some time off uh, because I wasn't well, but I tried to do one a month so that I'm not rusty, but that I get to have my adrenaline rush, have my approval uh, boost, um, but not get myself into debt or get myself absolutely uh, knackered. And I've gone back to now not being obsessed with this whole, like, Bulletproof 20, get the glee spot. It's like, it's not a board game. And, like, mm. <laughs> and that's not what I started it for. I, I started it because I wanted to make people laugh and make people think about things. So I've gone right back to that. And now I, I hope I will do better gigs because I don't care as much if they go well. But that's yeah. not going to affect how much I try if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah, totally. So now yeah. I just, I don't, and I got the sesh stuff, you know, that, that I, I can do. So as far as like um, getting paid for things, you know, like I could do that if I wanted to. Um, but, so I'm not obsessed with that anymore. And I've just yeah. kind of come full circle, but it took three years. So yeah. if I could say anything to someone just starting, it's just like, calm the fuck down. Yeah, coolie boots. Coolie boots. And just don't listen to other people's ideas of how many gigs you should be doing a month. Do yeah. what you've got the money and energy for. And I tell you what, sit down, get download Yolt, get your budget in correct from the beginning and don't ignore your bank account because you've done two gigs in the last week of the month and think, fuck, you know. Yeah. Budget for it first and be honest with yourself. What can you afford to do? If it's one every two months, it's one every two months. Yeah. You know? Yeah. At, at, at the beginner's level, which I st I'm still at, and I'm happy to be still at, you... You can't start getting yourself into debt over it. It's yeah. silly. So treat it like your expensive hobby. Like, yeah. you know, so if I do a gig in Cardiff, say, and it's not paid and, and that's fine because that's what that's what gigs that um, I'm suitable for. Um, even though I, I was kind of getting into paid work last year, but now I've, I've gone back a step, which is fine. Then that's, that's what, £12 train, you got to eat your dinner, blah, blah, blah. So that's your hobby for that month. So yeah. treat it like a hobby. You, you're going to have to spend money on it. Yeah. But be honest with what you can afford. Yeah. Yeah. It's not worth getting ill over it mm. or really, like, depressed or yeah. whatever. And only you know, mm. you know, because one of the most, like, we're learning so much more about health, not just mental health, but general wellness. And I know through, like, going to the gym and stuff and lots of personal trainers, and yeah. I'm really looking to a lot of that as well, that a lack of sleep is just as bad for you mm. as being overweight and being, you know, or yeah. um, lots of other issues or whatever, being alcoholic, I guess. I don't know. Yeah. Don't judge me on my, you know, don't go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I do know lack of sleep is bad for you, but I don't know what it's compared to. Yeah. But yeah, and um, yeah, I mean, the first few years there would be and a few times a week, like two or three times a week maybe, where I'd be like, 
I'm just not getting, getting enough sleep. And even now, if I've, like, the last few weeks have been pretty busy gig-wise, because mm. what I find is, um, you know, I might not have a gig at all one week, and then the next week I've got three. And that means that, you know, even one late night, I might not get home till two or three in the morning. And it's like it's like a hangover the next yeah. day. I mean, yeah. luckily I'm self-employed, mm. so I can plan a little bit better and if I had an important day the next day I wouldn't be doing that gig or I would be like I have to leave straight away because quite often I did a gig last Friday and I wanted to be home as soon as I possibly could but quite often you're relying on other people Mm. you you might not be the driver and you can say nicely to people oh any chance we can leave soon because straight away because you know it's we're not going to get home till 2am as it is and I've got stuff to do tomorrow and you know and you can't force people too much and go home at like 3am and I will naturally wake up at about 6 or 7 anyway and I'm like I'm like it feels like I'm hungover you know it is very exciting yeah absolutely but I liken it to like if you had um if you, to me, it's like a drug, mm. and it feels very much like if somebody we knew or I knew was addicted to a substance, yeah. Yeah. and it meant they were spending all their time and money trying to get this substance, and it was affecting their life adversely, mm. I'd, I'd be worried about them. And I'd, yeah. if they were a close friend of mine, mm. I might have to go, well, let's have a word. Yeah. No one's had a word for me yet. But <laughs> I'm shocked why they haven't, you know. And I'm always amazed when I'm... I think, oh, well, well done for taking time off. So many people do. Because how was that? When you took time off, did it help give you clarity on the situation? Well, um, so I got diagnosed with MS um, last summer after having something called uh, clinically isolated syndrome for mm-hmm. like eight years, which is um, kind of similar, but also kind of not. Um, so um, I had to be off my day job and uh, comedy for about three months. Uh, because I couldn't walk very far, I couldn't string a sentence together um, when I was really fatigued. And it was a lot of energy to like speak to people, go places. It was just horrible, really horrible. Um, so I didn't do much. I played No Man's Sky every day. It became kind of like my job. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd FaceTime my boyfriend and he'd tell me what he did at work and I'd tell him what missions I'd completed on, on, uh, on the game. <laughs> just slept clothes and everything. And I thought, like... And I think even then I was saying I'm going to do two, three a month maximum. But then I thought, well, now you really need to. And oh. also um, having time to myself as well. That was quite valuable. Mm. And I just thought, you know, you need to calm right down then. And I'd, I'd only, I just started getting into like slightly paid work. Like I, the last gig I did for my relapse, I got paid to host a whole night in Copper Bar and it was the best pay I've ever had comedy-wise. And I was like, brilliant, I'm starting to get recognised at, at last. And and I was, at, I was at the top of my game and it'll take me a while to get there again. Um, but maybe if I wasn't off for those months, there was a risk that I was going to overdo it again. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so that was valuable for me to be to be off. Um, and to think, right, I really do need to to slow down uh, properly now. So, yeah, I'd say it was valuable and I, I kind of wish that I could have known that at the beginning, you know? Yeah. That yeah. You, you, you like your alone time, you know, and uh, you, like, yeah. you like your flat and you like spending time in it. Yeah. <laughs> you and know? with other people. Yeah. Like, um... You know, I know other things slip. If I have a, if I'm having a busy comedy week, other things like like simple things like washing the dishes yeah. or cleaning, yeah. and I'll come home after like a few busy days, and I'll be like, shit, I didn't message my friend back, or yeah. I'm like, oh my god, and I haven't relaxed because it's no. to me now it is like kind of a, a job, yeah. partly a job. Yeah. It's a job I'd, I'd love to do all the time, and I'd, I'd love to do it, but then. You know, it's it's learning to relax. You know, depending on the gig, you could be full of adrenaline and mm. you can't calm down afterwards. And um, and I'm always I, like I'm trying to lose weight for my health because I'm like four stone overweight. Mm. And so you know, lack of sleep, McDonald's on the way home. 
<laughs> yeah, because when when you're yeah. hungover from adrenaline and and you're tired, yeah. um, I'm I'm exactly I'm a nine out of ten comfort eater anyway. But like, um, I took the bright lines quiz on the internet. Um, oh my! So like lines. when I'm oh don't, honestly don't honestly it's just yeah. so bad. Um, Is it? <laughs> I that's what I want. I want Greg's and yeah. and I pass one on my way to work. I'm like I fucking deserve a can't be pasty. Yeah. Um. And so I was putting on weight and I was living on energy drinks and. Mm. The, the one thing worth noting, um, people who are just starting as well, is you may think, oh, at the very worst, I'll get in at 1am and okay, so I'll I'll, I'll get to sleep. Um, but then you might start thinking, do I have time for a shower? Oh, I'd rather sleep. So you go to sleep, then you go to work and you think, oh God, can anyone tell I haven't had a shower? And yes, you might be able to get your head done for one, but if that gig has gone really, really well, you'd be surprised. And even after three years, like I got used to like, normal gigs normal happenings i did start getting used to the adrenaline because it is a drug yeah and i would be able to get to sleep when i got home but if a gig went really fucking well yeah I, it would i would be lying in bed for two hours and i i can fall asleep within like half an hour yeah uh, or less yeah bragging. can't fucking sleep <laughs> yeah because the gig went so too excited. well yeah so i get to work the next day and i say to my workmate and they're like you're not good i'm like yeah i went too well you know <laughs> you've got to make allowances for that as well yeah it's a really good point and you just get like mentally i can just get upset even if i'm not gig, if i've got a new material gig coming up that's when i go right i would need to start writing i need mm. to think about new material i i think it's great if you can get it in your routine you think right 10 minutes a day or half hour a day i'm going to write some new material yeah. so that it doesn't become such a thing but for me, what will happen is my brain is in overdrive mm. and I think I'm writing the most amazing comedy gold. And it happens when subconsciously when I'm doing something else. Like, I'll think of a lot of stuff when I'm driving. Yeah. I think I, when I'm overtired, I think a lot of stuff. So mm. my, my brain overthinks. Yeah. And you can't relax that way either. And I know, like, um, I, sometimes I'm like, I feel like I am mental right now. <laughs> I feel like I'm talking like I'll go out for a coffee with my friend yeah. and she gets mental Sarah and I can kind of see it in her face she's like oh Jesus <laughs> <laughs> I was hoping I'd get a word in and I'm like because I'm on I'm in comedy yeah. bloody mode yeah. Yeah. it's horrendous so yeah <laughs> losing my friends <laughs> I'm like well who knows maybe yeah probably am apologies to any friends who've been affected by this <laughs> they won't be listening to this I'll listen to that fucking bitch <laughs> she, she doesn't shower she, she doesn't stop talking about herself yeah and that's another thing as well isn't it I mean comedy a lot of the time you're talking about yourself mm. you can get a bit narcissistic a bit Mm. I'm looking for like the funny in situations all the time as well so yes it can and the other thing I wanted to talk about as well is social media because uh, like I've um I was subjected to bullying a few years ago mm. really badly as a result that's part one of the reasons why Rafaz exists is because yes. of that bout of bullying but in 10 years of doing comedy um, and it's all on, like, the open mic scene, you know. Um, yeah, the the first six months, a person came on the scene and proceeded to bully the shit out of everyone. Mm. Uh, and it wasn't really seen until afterwards. But also then a few years later, it was online bullying. Mm. And, yeah, that's my thing, that I would have... It would have been nice to have had someone to know, oh, how to deal with this. Because yeah. I don't think I dealt with it very well at all. You know, I had um, some people on that thread saying, oh, you, you've been a bit strong there, saying it's bullying. I had people in, in real life a few, like, like a couple of weeks later, because I was still stressed about yeah. it and talking about it, verbally saying to me in front of other people, you know, saying, oh, come on now, we've, oh, enough about that now, stop talking about that. You know, it really affects you. Yeah. Um, and because we're all, like, one big community and, like, what happened was I was bullied in Swansea, so I felt like I couldn't really talk to some of the acts in Swansea because mm. of the nature of the bully. And I just thought, oh, they probably will hate my guts and nobody wants to speak to me. So then I started um, getting to know more people in Cardiff. Mm. Um, and then I was bullied through Cardiff. And I was like, oh, great. <laughs> no one's going to want to talk to me. Uh, so anywhere. Oh, it's marvellous. 
But a lot of that was in my head. Mm. And other people didn't have, they didn't have a clue. They didn't realise what it, what it, no one really realised what it's like for you as an mm. individual. And, um, yeah, so have you got any advice for anyone who feels they're being bullied online? Like on Facebook, social media or... Um, I, I'm kind of like, I'm getting better at sticking up for myself now, but I, I've always been better at sticking up for other people mm-hmm. uh, more than my more than myself. With with bullying online, it's just like it's the same as school. The the, the person who's bullying you has got issues, so just screenshot the fuck out of everything and keep that. And if it continues, just keep screenshotting it. And if it goes away on its own, it goes away on its own. But like, talk to someone you trust and show them the screenshot and show them what's going on. Um, and if nothing comes to it, nothing comes to it. But I think something as simple as talking to someone and keeping uh, proof is you feel you have control over it then, and mm. that gives you a bit of a bit of comfort. Um, but yeah, and the most powerful thing you can do is to not respond. Mm. But that is impossible for me so i don't know why i'm uh advising <laughs> people because i when i've got something to say nah, 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 then that's it then mm. um i because i'm just i'm just as useless with um when people are discriminating against um particularly lgbt people mm. um online i i i can't i had to li- i had to leave uh, the wheels online facebook page because i was just every day just like oh my god oh no um so yeah i would say keep proof and talk to someone um that you trust that and that isn't in that community um so if it's your workplace talk to someone who isn't in your workplace who's removed Mm. um if it's in the comedy community talk to a friend who isn't a a comedian if you've got any left (laughs) (laughs) i think i've got like one and a half and there's always the samaritans (laughs) it's always the samaritans um you know i i I would say that i I just find it i was i was bullied in school Mm. uh, a little bit in in a workplace uh once and oh god it's just it's It's just horrible horrible. isn't it yeah it really is but you you won't be alone there's there's always someone who's been through it um bloody hell you know make a throwaway account on reddit and post on reddit say what you're going through and people will be like oh that you know that that person's a twat like yeah um there's loads of loads of places um you can go to um for support I'm better at sticking up for other people than myself, I just said, so... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'll fight your battles. Yeah. Can you make me a, a funny meme about <laughs> passive-aggressively <laughs> so everyone knows who this is? Oh, yeah, yeah. or share a quote. No, i really yeah. pleased to not share a quote. No. <laughs> I hate it when I see people sharing quotes, like, you're not addressing someone, are you? You're yeah. not addressing someone at all. Anything that prompts you to go, you okay, babe? <laughs> you okay, hun? <laughs> Inbox me. <laughs> yeah that's the one yeah no and the other thing with that i think has affected me a lot on social media um and i've had to i've gone more to twitter weirdly because mm. twitter anything you post on that goes to the whole world yeah but weirdly i just feel like i can comment or say stuff on twitter and not many people even though i haven't got many followers and i don't think i think I've got 570 or something, or 517, mm. and I think 500 of them are bots. Because literally, I only get like three or four people who even like any of my stuff. And that, you know, it's not everything. <laughs> and um, and like maybe one comment here and there. And they're people I already know. Yeah, yeah. So weirdly, I feel like, oh, I can comment on here. Whereas sometimes on Facebook, I love you, Facebook, but I use it for comedy. So... Um, most of the people that comment or they're people like you know from Rafa's or what have you and that's that's lovely and that's great but I feel like I don't know it feels a bit more personal on Twitter somehow weirdly um and the trouble with Facebook is it's just too easy with to compare on Twitter there's so much isn't there and I follow like comedians I like I follow um and they're famous you know those yeah American famous comedians or show hosts that I like famous people that I wouldn't see what they have to say anywhere mm. else and I my 13 year old me is a friggin amazed <laughs> that I can contact John Cusack yeah. I'm like yeah. how is that even possible because yeah. these you know famous people used to be 
you know, these special beings mm. that weren't human that you couldn't contact yeah. and all of a sudden you can contact them yeah. because they are indeed human beings. It's so weird. But, um, yeah, on Facebook it's and Instagram, isn't it? You can easily compare yourself, mm. go down that rabbit hole of, oh, they're getting more gigs than me. Yeah. Oh, why are they getting that gig when mm. I wanted that gig? Yeah. And, oh, they've been going... Like, literally everyone's been going less time than me um, that isn't professional. <laughs> <laughs> you know, oh, apart from one other person, I won't mention the name. But, you know, I feel like everyone's mm. been doing less time and then some of them are, you know, getting really um, successful and maybe yeah. they've got jobs that I want. I went through a really tough time and it took, yeah, it was probably about a good few years where I felt so frustrated and so stuck because I couldn't see a way forward. Mm. Especially, um, you know, quite, quite often a lot of people club together that have either started at the same time or they understand each other, they want yeah. to go off and maybe write jokes together. And I had one person that we would, you know, write together or we'd, we'd just go off and have a laugh. Mm. But that person wasn't always living in Swansea and I didn't always have her, her around so I found myself on my own quite a lot. And mm. then you'd find, oh, everyone else has paired off. But, you know, so when the new people come through, they, you know, they don't really want to hang out with you or talk to mm. you or so you think in your head or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah, that was my big problem with, with Facebook until um, I figured out that the reason why I was obsessing so much, particularly, you know, I get so angry and upset in myself about if somebody was doing well and that was actually um and being really jealous mm. and that was purely because I wasn't working hard enough on my own comedy yeah I really just thought well I'm brilliant why am I getting ahead any further and that was just a sign that oh it, you've still got work to do loads of work to do mm. and you've got to look at yourself and I just thought oh that's quite a useful thing to know because yeah. when people start and I see it through with the, a lot of the local comedians they you know, it's really nice. They they form really good friendships and what have you. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, they're going, comedy's amazing. Everyone's so friendly. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh bless. <laughs> okay. Although maybe it is better now than it was when I started. Because mm. when I started, you go to Blinkit. We went on really good fun and great memories. We went on a road trip to London to do a laughing horse gig. And I think the host was like, uh, oh, you return. And they were, yeah, get over there. We were treated like cattle. Mm. And they were absolutely furious that I had a guitar with me. You know, you don't <laughs> always get treated nicely. You know, sometimes a gig is run by a bitter old fart that yeah. will never get anywhere. Because yeah. they're horrible. You know, and you're like, oh, God, I've got to deal with all this as well, you know. So, yeah, how, wh what do you think about Facebook How do you, and social media? How do you deal with it? Well, before I started comedy, I was going to leave Facebook because mm. of the comparison thing. Mm. Um, but I decided to stay uh, for, like, Sesh found me on Facebook. Um, I don't know. I think they saw me somewhere or someone recommended me or something. But th I decided to stay on Facebook for comedy. And then them contacted me on there and organising sketches with me on there kind of rewarded me staying on, on there. Mm. And I thought, right, I'm going to use Facebook then for spreading happy shit. So I do my meme things. Um, I love memes. I like, I'm obsessed with them. Mm -hmm. um, you, you may think now, oh, you know, I'm, I'm up to date with the memes and things and uh, I choose good ones. But um, in 2014, when I was freshly divorced, I called them memes. I didn't even know what they were. <laughs> didn't even know what they were. So uh, I, I came a long way. So yeah, Facebook, I think, I'm hoping that everyone's going to become tired of it uh, in the next kind of five to ten years, mm -hmm. um, especially with this new generation of young people coming up that aren't, aren't so fast. But my um, friend's son is 16. Mm. About a year ago, my friend was saying, you know, Facebook is, they, they're they like, oh, it wouldn't be seen dead on Facebook, yeah. it's for like old people. So it's already yeah. out the door, really. Yeah. But yeah. then what does it get replaced with? Is exactly. It, is it going to be, hopefully, people... I just want people to be more aware and more mentally aware or of if something happens, like with me comparing myself and giving give myself mm. a really hard time. It's like, okay, if that happens, you could do this. <laughs> and, like, if you can't, um, which is for me, I have a social media day, I have a phone, app, you know, device day off yeah. on a Sunday. That's good. I, I 
keep my watch off. Mm. I I will have my phone on, but I leave it upstairs yeah. somewhere that's not easy for me to see. I leave it at home. And when I first did it, I'm like, oh my god, but I might need my phone. I'm like, yeah, but for what, really? Yeah. yeah. You know, and um, I w- I would like to extend that to more than one day a week, and maybe make it two days a week. Because you always worry and think, oh, but I'll miss something. It's that fear of missing out. Yeah. And you don't. You don't, don't ever miss anything. I think Facebook's. Um, I don't know. It it was nice at first having everyone like people. God, you know, people I lived with in Hampshire and I did voluntary work mm. when I was nineteen. Um, having people at arm's length um, was really nice. But now, um, and this is my personality um, as well, plus my energy levels mentally and, and physically, having everyone at arm's length has caused me to not keep in touch with people because mm. they're, th- they're there. So I take them for granted because they're just there. Um, so I don't I don't think it's it's social media at all. And all the... Um, I sound like someone who watches YouTube documentaries about conspiracies, <laughs> but all the Silicon Valley people, Bill Gates and whoever, they don't let their kids have phones because they know, they know how dangerous they are. And now we've got like... I'll, you know, I get a, a report on my phone once a week saying your phone time was down last week uh, or it was up last week compared to that. And it's like, how dare you? It's just like... Oh, really? Unsolicited? Um, yeah, well, I, I'm, sure, I'm sure I can switch it off, but it's, yeah. it's Apple. And it's like... Oh, my gosh. It is almost like a, a drug dealer um, get, getting me addicted to, say, I don't know, heroin. And then after a year going, oh, um, you had more heroin last week than this week, and I think you should... Yeah. just look look at yourself about that and it's like you got me a dinner yeah so it's yeah i think it will come full circle and i think kids these days as well i just said kids these days i just aged 100 years <laughs> you're only in your 30s as well they they're into like uh as far as i can tell it's all about twitter and tiktok and, and instagram snapchat so facebook they do thank you for my parents yeah um but it is Mental health is so open now in, like, today's teenagers, like, 15, 15 to 19-year-olds. It's, it's, you know, it's all about, like, I saw a meme about it, you know, like, people people in our age group are like, oh, my God, I saw my... Well, okay, not me, because I'm very open about therapy, but they're like, oh, I saw um, a therapist uh, before. And then but then the 15-year-olds are like, ah, oh, I guess my therapist said yesterday. <laughs> um, so it is, it is definitely brilliant. more open. Mm. Um, look at Billie Eilish. Um, mm. A lot of her album is mental health themed. Um, like Zani. Um, it's mm. just absolutely amazing. Um, and she's like clean living and stuff as well. Really good role model. Mm. Um, so I think like it's it's coming. It's just the, the younger generation. So we've definitely still got a lot of work to do. There's definitely space for, mm. for mental health awareness. And not being ashamed uh, to reach out and to go on medication. Yeah. Um, and the fact you can choose. Yeah. Like, I have had, like I said earlier on, I had friends who were a bit like, oh, you know, you, know, you, you don't go on it much. But also understanding as well. Mm. I think they understand. Yeah. Um, and I just think it's the same as anything. If you had friends that were all in, into heroin, mm. to get off heroin, you would have to disassociate yeah. yourself. And yeah. I, I think if they just, like... I think... It's probably a bit strong. I think for me, mostly it was. It's all in my head anyway. And I'm single and I live alone. So social media for me, it can be my way, even if it isn't real. It's my way of feeling connected to other people. Yeah. yeah. And I think one of my that's why I quite like a favorite thing to do is to go on Twitter and be like, you know, when it's the famous person making some sort of statement, and then you can make your funny joke thing and feel yeah. like I'm joking with someone yeah. Yeah. and then I love it then when I get loads of likes <laughs> which is probably there's probably people out there going ooh red flag red flag there for you Bridgman but like you know but then um, I can keep it under control then mm. I could be like right actually I've chosen I don't I do my best not to go on my phone after 10pm there are apps where you can you just restrict your yeah. amount of time on yeah. the internet if it's becoming an issue I put a clock for my bedroom so nice. Yeah, so I don't have... Well, I, I've slipped back on it now, but I used to not have my phone in my bedroom. And, and do you know what? It's nice to have that space in your yeah. brain. You need that space to think instead of being like, oh, I'm bored, right, What you know, what's happening in the world? And, you know, being careful what kind of... Um, what kind of internet bubble you have, mm. you know, and what kind of information you feed in your brain. You can choose to just look at positive stuff as well and not get that negative stuff. Like... Mm. Me, 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 the animals now is poor, poor my gosh, which I'm coming off poor my gosh because there's a lot of, 
oh, this dog was nearly dead, and now it's not. And I'm like, no. I like it before and after, but that's, I don't like that kind of before the, and the after. The dodo? Do you like the dodo? I love the dodo. I love the dodo. They're so good at their videos. So good. I love yeah. them. Yeah, it's definitely, yeah, to seek positive things. Mm. But it's, I feel so much happier. But yeah. seeking them and also putting them out there. It's like my Twitter, sometimes I'm like, I want to say negative stuff. Mm. But I stop myself, I go, hang on, how would that person feel, you know, they're a human being at the end of that, that phone, how yeah. would they feel? And they might not necessarily know if I'm joking. That's why I put smiley faces everywhere. I did have a comedian go, oh, I hate when people put smiley faces, you know, and I'm like, I don't care. I want to make sure that person knows I'm teasing or no, because you just don't know, do you? Really, it's like, why not yeah. spread, spread a bit of positivity? What's wrong with that? I did a misjudge yesterday. Um, I'm on this uh, group for um, cheap, like cheap recipes, um, like a pound a day or something like that. It's called. Oh, cool. Um, Chris Charving. Um, <laughs> Chris Charving uh, did a, a, a cookbook. I think it's Miguel or something, isn't did it? He? But this is a uh, this is a Facebook group. Mm. It's all like cheap recipes. Love it, and. Um, someone posted that, that they tried to make a tray bake and it went wrong and there's a picture of it and she was putting lol everywhere and mm. wherever gone wrong lol and people were commenting like god did you use this and she was like oh i don't know <laughs> lol what have i done and like the monkey the hands over the face monkey thing yeah and then someone else was like what flour did you use and she realized she'd used the wrong flour so then she did like the laughing crying emoji blah 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 but on the recipe that she'd followed that she put on the, the included in the pictures Someone had put how much everything, every ingredient was. So self-raising flour, 20p. Um, two eggs, 70p. Um, oh, yeah. Sugar, 50p. And I commented, did you put the coins in? <laughs> <laughs> and a laughing cry emoji just being like, hey, yeah. strangers, <laughs> I'm, I'm here to tell jokes. Be you smart, that smart ass. But I genuinely just wanted, wanted to That's make funny. you funny. Yeah. And she put, put what do you mean? With no oh, question no. mark, just what do you mean? A, a neutral, what do you mean? And I, I was like, oh, um, just um, notice that it's, uh, <laughs> the coins in the recipe, just just joking, I think I've misjudged it. And she blocked me. <laughs> oh, my word. It's like, oh, come oh, on. Guys, I was just trying to make you laugh. Because oh. I, I, I am a clown on Facebook. That, that's what I'm yeah. there for now. Because I, mm. I, I hate the comparison stuff. And mm. I just tell myself everyone else compares themselves too. Um, like the main thing I'm doing now, I joined an MS group um, recently and I posted this on, on uh, an MS group on, on Reddit and people loved it. So I posted it on there and I had so many lovely reactions and it reminded me of um, when my Crohn's video went a bit nuts and people with Crohn's were like, oh my God, this is exactly it. So basically, I've got two miniature schnauzers and the acronym is MS. Oh my God, right? yeah. <laughs> So I saw, I, I always see posts on groups, uh, schnauzer groups, because I'm a member of like five, because I've got no chill when it comes to my dogs. Yeah. And people are like, oh, my MS is being really naughty today. What can I do? And I'm like, which group is this now? <laughs> um, so someone posted, fucking hell, they posted um, something like this. Thank you to everyone who advised me regarding stopping my MS from barking and screaming. <laughs> so I posted it on the MS group. People that loved it. There's like another one saying, uh, "How can I stop my MS uh, from weeing against wheelie bins?" And I'm like, "Well, oh, I've got a weak bladder, but you know, who, who, who said they saw me? You know." So I and people were laughing. I was like, "This is great." So yeah, I'm like, "We we are we are clowns, aren't we?" Yeah. Um, but yeah, you can you can misjudge it. Yeah, you can misjudge it. Well, I have to say, as well as the memes that make me. They really make me feel better. Oh, they you, really do. And I think I've learned quite a bit from you as well because um, you'll post things as well. Or we'll, maybe we'll talk and sometimes I'm like, you know, things around like um, gender and, and things mm. like that because I'm much older than everyone else. And even though it's maybe 12 years, sometimes 20 years, yeah. and I'm starting to see, oh, my gosh, yes, there's a big difference yeah. now between the youngest person I know and me. Mm. You know, it's, you know, and I... I don't think there's a way to get over it. I think I'm going to be the, oh, all right, mum, you know, the, oh, God, she's out of touch. Yeah. But I don't want to be. I want to no. be informed. And mm. I don't ever want to upset anyone or offend anyone. So it's useful. Things like, um, I think you were telling me about, let's try and get out of commenting on how people look. So, you know, yeah. when you see someone and maybe they've lost weight and you go, oh, wow, you look amazing. You've, yeah. you've lost weight. How do you, yeah. you know? 
I can't remember what you told me about that because so then when I met someone, I was like, oh, they look really good, but I can't remember what I'm supposed to say. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but things like that have really helped in the past oh, as good. well. And I think good. one thing you said is like, you know, I think you said to tell someone if they've helped you, tell them because we so often will go, oh, that was really good. And then you keep it to yourself because yeah. you don't want to come across as sycophantic or come across as like, yeah, a kiss ass, which is the same thing as a Kavanto, but you know what I mean. But yeah, and I just thought, yeah, you've helped encourage me to tell people, look, you've really helped me there and you've been, you know, you were a good friend and thank you, which are things that maybe I would have only done to people who know me really, really well mm. because also I'd be more worried that people would be like, okay, fine, you're mentalist, <laughs> you know. But now I'd rather people be like that reaction than, and I think most people, I'd love it if someone says, oh, I love it when people go, oh, Ref has this really helped me. I'm yeah. like, oh, brilliant. Yeah. Because it's not for me. That is like, oh, good. I, I'm, I'm, I feel like I just wanted Ref has to be the club I wished we'd had when I started. Yeah. So you've got the same attitude as me. Like you, you, yes. you, you're, you're trying to, the start that you had, you, you fixed it. Yes. For other people. Yeah. Yeah. And what's really great is that other clubs are adopting some of the things that we do at Rafaz. And I'm like, fantastic. Yeah. That's brilliant. You know, like they are starting to just accept, you know, have open spots. And they are like, yeah, it's really good and being more inclusive and being a bit nicer than when we start when I started and it was started on the back of that bit of bullying and now it's like oh great that it feels like that's minimized. It's not completely gone because mm. the people involved are still around. And they have issues, but they, I'm sure their issues aren't as bad as they used to be because they're not as vocal as they used to be, which is good. And mm. I think it's helped me to go, oh, well, you know, I'm glad that, that I hope that person gets the help they need. That's yeah. good. That's another good thing as well. Because I'm sure that person has no idea how bad, you know, that uh, incident was for me and it's affected me for years. Yeah. yeah. And it's none of the business either because it's clearly something I've had to like, yeah. deal with anyway. So, yeah, I don't know what else, if there's anything else I wanted to cover, really. Is there anything else you'd like to well, cover? I, and you would like to... This, this is just because I've been trying to read it, but... I love me a self-help book. The size of this fucking that. book. <laughs> that would be great for pressing your tofu, you know, when you're like, <laughs> any tofu users out there, when you need to squeeze the water out. <laughs> I think I started reading it about, about there. Yeah. Um, so, about... God knows how many pages in. Yeah. Um, it's as tall as my my thumb, um, almost. Yeah. Um, I, mental health wise, um, I I do a lot of uh, about five inches thick. It's is ridiculous. It? It's got like so many good reviews on Amazon, right. like hundreds of good reviews. So I bought it. Yeah. Um. So going back to to mental health, um, I I think I've had depression since I was going through puberty, or maybe maybe before that, um. And it took me a while to get some help. I think um, the contraceptive pill has got a lot to answer for. Mm. Um, I never wanted to take it. I think yeah. I was on it for one month when I was like 16 when I don't like how this makes me feel. Yeah. I'm sure there are physicians out there going, that wouldn't have made a difference. But I think men just knowing yeah. I was taking all these extra hormones, I just didn't like it. And, and unless you're in tune, I mean, the first time it happened to me that I got depression on, um, the, on the pill, and not everyone does, but it's very common, mm. Um my mum had to sit me down and have a word with me and she was like what is wrong with you what you, you just sh shout you're angry all the time shouting everyone and I was like everyone's just pissing me off and she's like with what and I'm like fuck um. with what nothing I'm thinking what the hell is happening to me why am I so angry came off it and it went every pill I tried after that mental health problems anger or not wanting to move out of bed um you know the depression that exists within me it was just like raising all the time and a lot of people may have accepted that as a personality change. And I think it's got a lot to do with the reputation that women are uh, a bit nuts, you know. Um, and I, I don't think that's that's right. So I, I've had... I mean, me and depression have been, been pals now uh, for about 20 years. Mm. And I am as mindful as I could possibly be. But my main problem is anxiety. I like to have... Um, if there's a situation I'm in and there are a 100 possibilities that I can think of, I need to have... Um, an answer for every one of those possibilities in my head in order to relax and mm. that's impossible so then I can't relax um, so when I got diagnosed uh, with MS uh, it was a, a real frightening um, thing uh, for me because I got two relapses 
um, in two months after having no relapses uh, for a different, similar neurological condition, really hard to explain, um, in eight years. Um, and I got diagnosed with rapidly evolving severe multiple sclerosis. So I was like, oh, that's a lot of letters. <laughs> and um, I remember the neurologist saying to me, I know I just said the word rapid. So um, I went through counselling um, straight away after that because I thought I'm not processing this properly. I'm too busy reassuring everyone around me. So I bought this book. It's called Full Catastrophe Living. I'm not uh, associated with the author. <laughs> if I was, I'd tell him to try and be more succinct with his wording because it's huge. <laughs> his name John John Cabot Zinn right so my my therapist because yes I'm, I'm like the 15 year old I'm not ashamed my therapist said that my main issue is that I'm either thinking about the past or the future and I'm never in the moment and ah. it's absolutely true and even when I'm in the moment I'm not really thinking about that moment right I could be this, this is what the book says the book god mm-hmm. alive I sound like a bloody Jehovah's Witness <laughs> um it says about looking at a sunset but instead of looking at the sunset and being in the moment you think about what your friend said when they saw a sunset or what you get how are you going to describe this moment to people and how cool is this and should I take a picture and um you start thinking about you're not and you're not even looking at it anymore yeah. um so my main problem is is being in the moment and that's what I'm working on with myself uh now and also like challenging myself with CBT like What's the worst that can happen? What would I say if I was my friend? It's all classic uh, things, such mm. as like if I was in court, would I have a leg to stand on? Like, are you worried about this? So what evidence have you got? None. <laughs> yeah. None. Take my anxiety seriously. Um, <laughs> so anxiety is my main my main thing. Um, I've been on antidepressants. I'm not ashamed. They definitely helped me, and then they didn't. Um, but I'm the sort of girl. Um, I, I, I am quite sensitive. I do tend to get the side effects even without reading. It's not like a Munchausen thing. <laughs> um, I do tend to get the side effects. I've been, lots of medical professionals have sat me down and gone, you're really sensitive, aren't you? You, you seem to get all the middle middle to rare side effects. I was like, yeah. <laughs> so I'm all about I'm all about mindfulness. And I, in the summer when I couldn't walk very far, I made sure that I would at least test my mobility every day and get out every day um and i'd say 80 to 90 percent of the time i managed to get out every day and just walk two thousand steps a thousand there a thousand back to the shop because i knew that i needed to get some serotonin in and also talk to someone yeah interact with a human and put my makeup on because i i unfortunately just separate issue i feel like a completely different and better person with my makeup on yeah it's just sweet that and uh, my large book um (laughs) no i do too yeah and like when we we went out recently and i'm like oh this is amazing Mm. because obviously as i'm getting older i feel like i'm in um arrested development i'm in i'm still i feel like because my i've had friends who are you know they've got married or they've got children Mm. some of them got adult children yeah and somehow, just because they've, just because they, you know, they've had, you know, yeah. I've, I've got a house, I've done yeah. adult stuff, yeah. you know, I run my own life, you have sex. I run my own business. <laughs> Who told you that? <laughs> yeah, you know, you do a lot, and you do it by, and you do it by still yourself. an adult, yeah. but I definitely have, uh, you know, I do worry that I think, oh my god, am I like a teenager really? And that can. You know, trigger mm. depression, what have you, and and especially not feeling that like you can't get out and you can't mm. go out with people, you can't have fun nights mm. anymore, and because you just can't have them when you want them, or you yeah. know people aren't available, and um, yeah, so when and I went out and did my hair, did my makeup, and I was like, this is amazing. There she is. Yeah, and did something that wasn't yeah. comedy. Yeah, because my I realised that oh my god, my social life is comedy, and yeah. it's not really a social life. No, it is stressing yourself out waiting to go on stage maybe you'll have a bit of a natter afterwards where everyone's obsessed with comedy and we'll yeah. only talk about comedy anyway yeah. <laughs> you're right <laughs> so it was so much fun when we went out um yeah it was and did something other than comedy it was really good fun wasn't it i, really it was awesome. it. <laughs> I love love singing badly i Absolutely love it brilliant and i know it's again it's performance based but still <laughs> No one gives a shit. But, it, but it's it's, <laughs> it's, it's look, at, look at me and validate me. But it's I'm gonna be so shit. Yes. And you're gonna love it. Yeah. Um, and it, that's so so freeing for us because there's so much yeah. pressure to do to do well. That's yes. Yes. So what else I wanted to say about uh, mm. mental health and comedy, the the combination, is um, I read this thing the other day and it made me feel so much better about. Um, not even gig weeks, but weeks where my fatigue is so bad 
and I've left some dishes to soak and two days later they're still in there and the water has gone all minging and you know you, you just beat yourself up because oh shit I need to do that laundry oh god I, those those have been dry for three days um we our parents generally that generation they would live together and one of them wouldn't be working and they would take care of everything and even then you know you could remember a messy house couldn't you you know but yeah. we are even if you live with someone you're both working or if it's just you like it is with me and it is with you you're working you've got a very short window in the evening to do a lot even if you're not without comedy and I'm not going to list them because I'll stress myself out <laughs> and I'll stress the listener out but you know what I'm talking about yeah. you, you need to do it you need to do so much stuff in that little window and then to try and do a, a new hobby um that's got ambition on it on top of that is like such a good achievement to even attempt so just like go easy on yourself it's hard yeah. it's really hard to we're not nuclear families um, yeah. anymore and I'm not being a gammon on Facebook I'm talking about <laughs> every sexuality of course I am and I'm an LGBT trainer but um we already have to do a hell of a lot and contact people and constantly be on and available mm. and connectable and um it's not easy and yeah. put comedy on top of that and it's not easy again so just go easy on yourself and if you yeah. if you can't if you don't want to do comedy for a bit then don't do comedy for a bit you don't even have to announce it just say no yeah. I had over the three years, even without my break because of MS, I'd have a cheeky couple of months off now and again, just say, yeah. no, not available. Yeah. And then, and, and and God, you know, the offers weren't exactly like, you know, tidal wave, but <laughs> you can. Yeah. You can do it without shame and without anyone noticing. Literally everyone's yes. thinking about themselves anyway. So, yes. and I don't mean that in a, in a mean way. It's just that we all, we all want to make people do, laugh and we it? are, you know, we are kind of gently narcissistic. So <laughs> just be nice. Just be nice to yourself. Yes, be nice to yourself and others. And others. And, and I think that's so strong as well, the fact that you think, in my head, everything's all about me because it's my life. Mm -hmm. And um, and you do think, oh, and sometimes I have worried about, like, like doing rough as. It was getting to a point, it was twice a month, and people, and it is lovely that people would say, oh, I love rough hours, oh, I can't wait till the next one. And I was feeling under pressure to always do it, even yeah. though we had changes. We had, like, Tom and Guitar left, our venue closed, um, so we had to find other venues that weren't the same. It became, to me, just any other open mic night, which I, I was like, why am I putting my time... You know, and other people, they could turn up one, once every few months. I felt like I always had to be there. Yeah. I missed one last August. I had, um, you know, other people look after it for me, and on the night... You know, venue double booked. Um, they quickly found another venue. A lot of issues went on that one, wasn't oh, yeah. it? Yeah. And um, but I felt like, oh, right, great. And I had someone the way he worded something to me. It was like I was like my defences, what my hackles yeah. were up, yeah. and I'm like, I can do without this stress. Mm. Um, but now we're in a lovely venue. I've I've made a decision to make it once a month. Because that's what I can manage. Yeah. And I have had other people be like, oh, when is it? When is it? Oh, why is it only once a month? And I'm like, because that's all I can manage. Yeah. I'm the one that gets the messages. I'm the one that gets the con, not constant, maybe once a week, somebody going, oh, hope you don't mind me messaging you. <laughs> but what time is it starting? Can I have a spot? And I'm like, ah, I have to deal with the that. The information's literally there. Yeah. Yeah. I have to deal with that information. So it's down to me. Yeah. And I remember feeling a bit like, oh God, I can't not do it. Everyone will be so disappointed. But the reality is people would be like, oh yeah, I really like Rafa's. It was my first ever gig. Oh, bless. But the reality is most people, they'll, they'll be fine. They'll find yeah. another night to do yeah. and something else will pop up in its place. It's just where we are now. I'm like, oh, I've started nice. enjoying it again. I enjoyed the last one. I enjoyed that it's one a month. And and if it becomes too much, I'll just stop doing it. Yeah. People yeah. won't, they don't notice. They mm. really don't. Um, yeah, that's really good. Yeah, thanks, Sharni. You're very welcome. So I think that would be a, a good place to leave it. Great. Is to say thank you so much for doing the podcast. Thank you. Queen of Meme. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, and um, check you out on Facebook. <laughs>
Thank you very much. Have you got any other messages, like non, like any any one you would like to direct people to, or um, if you want to see um, memes, <laughs> um, but I don't know who you are, then I can't add you on Facebook because my rule on Facebook is that unless I would invite you into my living room, I can't invite you onto my Facebook. But mm-hmm. um, like my comedy page, Shani Tom's Comedy, I post um, singular memes. Um, on there, I am considering to start start doing um, group meme posts, but um, at the moment I post um, just single memes, uh, but they're pretty good and they get shares and stuff. So yeah, come and say hi there, or on my Instagram Shani Bach, or on Twitter Shani Bach. I am my real self on Twitter though, just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> I like you wherever you are on social media. <laughs> so you're a good egg. Thank you very much, Shani. You're See you soon. Bye. Bye. <laughs> There you go. Uh, that was our chat with me and Shani Thomas. Uh, I want to say a big thank you to Shani for her time and uh, thoughts and expertise in that area. So thank you so much. Look Shani up. You're gonna. She did a lot with BBC. Or she has done a lot with BBC Sash, and I'm sure she's going to continue to do so. So there is some of um, Shani's stand up online and. I'm looking to, I'm like, I'm not sure when the next podcast will be out. I have got some ideas for stuff that I want to talk about. Um, one is like common obstacles. You get to a certain point and then you feel like you hit a brick wall. And then um, that's one of the things that's kept me going with comedy is that it just feels like a series of massive brick walls that you feel like you have to constantly overcome. So I thought we could talk a little bit about those. Um, we could talk about uh, festivals. So you get to one way to get more time, more stage time, is to do a festival, maybe the Edinburgh Festival. And uh, I know of a few acts that I could have a little chat with about that. And also identifying success. You know, what what is success to you and ways that you can identify that. So those are some of the podcast ideas I've got coming up. If you've got some ideas you think would be useful to you as a new act to cover, just let me know. You can contact me through Anchor or uh, you can email me on roughascomedy at gmail.com. And, you know, come along to the night. We've got a new venue now. We're at the Elysium Bar and Gallery in Swansea. It's like a two-minute walk from the train station. It's brilliant. And all the details are on the uh, Facebook group. Thank you so much for listening. Thanks again to Shani and I will see you next time. Thank you very much. Goodbye.